0: Sbillah Rahman Rahim Alhamdulillah Hirombila alamin, Wa Salah Tu wa Salam Wa Allah Ashrafil Ambiyah Iwan Mur Salin Nabina Muhammad wa Allah Alihi wa ashabi ajmaeen Amma Ba'ad Salam wa Alaikum Rahmadullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah to Malhamdulilla. We praise Allah Azza wa Jal. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we thank him for his many bounties. And his favors upon us and we thank him and we are gr- grateful unto him for allowing us to meet once again on the blessed day of al jumu'ah which is the eid uh, of every single week as rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that the best of days is the day of jumu'ah and on this day adam alaihi salam was created and a number of other virtues and in fact He says in a hadith that one Jumu'ah to the next Jumu'ah is, a, is an expiation of one's sins for whatever happened between those two Jumu'ahs. On condition that we abstain from the major sins. Which means every time we attend the Jumu'ah, then that weak sins is wiped away. Alhamdulillah. So we hope for Allah's mercy and we hope for His forgiveness uh, upon this day. Amen. Our nasiha today will be, الله on Surah Al Asr. Surah Al Asr, the chapter of Al Asr, which is one of the well known surahs. Most, if not all, Muslims have memorized this surah, walhamdulillah. And it's of the oft recited surahs in Salah. It's a very important surah that we understand. All of the chapters of the Quran are important. But the most important are those chapters that we get to hear often. For whenever we pray and we make salah and we recite the Qur'an or we listen to the Qur'an being recited by the Imam, we are hearing some surahs like the Fatiha, of course, like the Qul's and those short surahs at the end of the Qur'an we are always listening to and we know them off by heart. It's important that we have an understanding of what they mean so that when we make salah, those surahs are impactful upon us. They have an effect upon us. Because the main reason, one of the main reasons behind the revelation of the Quran is a tadabbur, that we sit and we reflect. We understand the kalam of Allah. We understand this message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left towards us. Kitabun ilayka mubarakun liyadabbaru ayati wa ulul al-baab. As Allah He says, this is a book that we send to you, which is Mubarak. It's a blessed book. For what purpose? Ayati, so that they can ponder and reflect over its verses, over its signs, over its ayat. And that it be a reminder for the people of intelligence. So this is a surah that Ashafi Rahimahullah, the great Imam. He said that if we were to reflect upon the surah, if people were to ponder over the surah, it will be sufficient for them. And yani he had Allah only revealed this surah as an ad- admonishment, as an admonishment, as a reminder, then this would be sufficient for the people. Which means that the surah has great reminders in it for those who reflect over it. So Allah, he starts off and he says, Wal asr. Wal asr. He swears by, by time. Allah says, by time. By al-asr, by time. And we find many different examples of Allah subhanahu wa taala swearing by different things in the Quran. Many examples. What's important for us is to know, when Allah swears by something, then He's giving importance to that thing. He's giving importance to that thing So when Allah swears by time This automatically tells us There is something valuable and important about time Time is of utmost importance And this is why he swears by Al-Asr Wal-Asr By time As the saying goes Time is like a sword Your time is like like a sword Which means if you don't take hold of your time, it's going to cut you and you're going to sit with regret later on, if only I had more time, if only there was a little bit more time, we could have done such and such. And this you can find in many examples within our lives, we can just look at our own lives. Small examples and big examples, small things, you prepared for a function, Couldn't prepare properly. You prepared for an exam. Couldn't prepare properly if only I had another day, one more hour, two more hours. My results would have been different. But you didn't bide your time. And in a bigger example, a more serious example, we reach the end of our lives. And we sit back and we think, if only I had more time, I would have done such and such. In fact, what does Allah tell us in the Quran? That the people when they're entering Jahannam, they're about to enter Jahannam, what are they going to say? Ya Rabbi a'malu salihan Oh my Rabb, send me back. Send me back so that I can do good deeds that I did not do. But does Allah say, nay, <speaking in the language> no ways. There's no going back. There's no going back. Time is up. Your time that we gave you is up So this time is like a sword If you don't make use of it It's going to cut you And in the biggest way On Qiyamah it's going to cut us We're going to sit with regret and think If only we had more time To do righteous deeds To abstain from our sins And so forth Wallahu musta'an So when Allah swears by al-asr This is a reminder for us, make use of your time. Because time is valuable. Many of the elderly, you can ask them, what regrets do they have? They will tell you, if only we did this when we were younger, only we we memorized this, the Quran for example, when we were younger. But now, there's no more time. Now I have no time. And this is especially for the youth. Once you get married, once you have children, once you start working, your time starts to go. And before you know it, your time's running out. And there's no more time to do, seek knowledge. There's no more time to learn the Quran. There's no more time to do things that you wish you would have done. So whatever state you are in, remember this reminder. Make use of your time because it's going to get to a point where you're going to sit back and think, if only, I wish I did this. But there's no more time. I lost out on that time. al-insan <laughs> And then Allah, He says, Indeed, insan, they are at a loss. They are in a state of loss. <laughs> and this is a general statement. Insan, yeah, Allah says, all of insan. All of insan, they are? They are lost. They are in a state of, of loss. They are not being profitable. They're not benefiting themselves. They are in a state of loss. But then Allah makes an exception. İnsان means insan means all people. All people all says they are at loss. Except for who? Amanu. Four things Allah says. Four things, four exceptions are made Number one is ladina إِلَّ Except for the true believers Except for the people of Iman The people who have true Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Can never be at loss The people who worship Allah azza wa jal alone Can never be at loss Those who call unto Him in terms of ease In terms of difficulty Can never be at loss Those who put their trust in Him those who fear him appropriately and fear him alone, they can never be at loss. At loss. These are the true believers. The people of true iman. And there are those who do righteous deeds. The people who spend their time, spend their lives doing righteous deeds. They are not those who waste their time. They are not those who spend their lives in sin. Spend their lives seeking the dunya. Making the dunya the greatest concern. In a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he makes a dua and he says, Allahumma la al dunya akbar hammina wala mablaga ilmina And you may have heard this dua often. Imams recite this dua and it's a beautiful dua. It means, our oh Allah, do not make this dunya our main concern. Nor the goal of our knowledge. The intent of our seeking knowledge and so forth. So our lives are supposed to be in such a way, we are living for the Akhirah. We are preparing for the year after. So that we are not of those who are going to say, Ya yeah, Allah, send me back. We are not going to be those who cry out and say, Ya yeah, Allah, send me back. Perhaps, let me, I will go and do good deeds. But Allah says, no, there's no going back. In fact, Allah says, had I sent them back, they would have just done the same thing like they did in the first place. So, though, there are those who do righteous deeds. <laughs> what is a righteous deed? What is a'malu <laughs> saliha? Because we often hear this in the Quran as well. الذين آمنوا وعملوا Those who have Iman, those who are believers and those who do righteous deeds. But what is عمن salihat? عمن salihat refers to following the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If we look at the ayah in Surah Mulk where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says al خلق الموت والحيات That he is the one who created life and death. Death and life. For what reason? To test you. To see who from amongst you are going to be the best indeed. There are going to be those who do the best of deeds. And the tafsir of this ayah, What is ahsan wa amala? What is the best of deeds? Al-Fudail ibn Riyad, rahimahullah, he said, wa The best of deeds is number one, the most sincere of deeds. Those deeds which are done for the sake of Allah alone, There's no showing off in those deeds. It's not done to impress anybody else. It's not done to seek a reputation. It's not done to show others I'm giving sadaqah So people can th- see me giving sadaqah And think What a generous person Nor is it to seek a reputation I want people to talk about me And this is why I'm a famous reciter of the Quran For example It has to be sincerely for the sake of Allah wa, wa aswaba he says And secondly the deed has to be the most correct. It has to be the most correct. And what this means he says, it has to be in accordance with the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu So when we act, when we want to do righteous deeds, we have to make sure of these two conditions. Number one, why am I doing this deed? For who am I doing this deed? Whose pleasure am I seeking? Who am I out to impress? If it's Allah alone, Alhamdulillah. Continue. If it's not Allah, and you in your mind you can think, I want to impress this one, I want to impress that one, and I'm, this one is going to see me in the masjid, hopefully he's going to see me in the mosque. These things creep in. Because the shaitan is out to destroy your deeds. Then you should rectify your niyah. As quickly as possible. And secondly, make sure your deed is according to the sunnah. It's nothing that is added to the deen of Islam that's not from the Qur'an or the sunnah. Before you act, ask the question, did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, do this act of worship or not? If he did this, Bismillah, follow the sunnah. If he did not do it, then abstain from this. Because then it cannot be a righteous deed then it cannot be a الصالحات, the deed which is known as salih that's pure, it's clean, it's, it's righteous so if it's not from the sunnah then what guarantee do we have that it's something good I may see it as something good or you may see it as something good but what guarantee is there that it's a good thing the only guarantee that we have is the Quran and the sunnah and that's why Rasulullah said in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, Whoever well, does an action that's not from our actions, it's not from the Sunnah, then that action is rejected. It's rejected, it's not accepted. Sahih Muslim. This is the exception. All of mankind is at loss. Except for the true believers, the people who worship Allah alone, and the people who do righteous deeds. They follow the sunnah of Rasulullah and they worship Allah the way he worshipped him, to the best of their ability. They try their best to emulate him as much as they can. وَتَوَصَوْ and thirdly, there are those who encourage each other with the truth. There are those who invite each other to haqq. When they advise each other, they advise each other with, with the haqq. For this is a sign of the true believer. What does the hadith say? لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب ما That none of you will truly believe Until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. That's the true believer. It's a sign of a true believer. As much as you want the haq for yourself, you must want the haq for your brother. It's not enough to sit at home and I believe I'm on the haq and you let your brother or your sister continue upon falsehood. Continue upon misguidance or upon sin. Rather you advise them to come back to the haq when they make a mistake, you give them nasiha, sincere advice. You don't excommunicate them. You don't cut them off. You don't treat them with harshness. You treat them with sabr. And you invite them to sabr, with sabr. These are the exceptions. And this shows us how da'wah is to be done. How we interact with each other. With softness, gentleness, with sabr. So that when we invite each other, we are not harsh on, on the next person. <laughs> Allah Azza wa He says to Rasulullah, Sallallahu If you were harsh in your speech, if your heart was hard, your heart was hard and severe upon the people and they would have left you. They would have ran away from you. They would have turned away from you. But well, that's not how da'wah is done. So number one, you have to stand by your principle and call to the haqq. Al-amru bil nahi munkar is It's a pillar of this deen. It's a pillar of this da'wah that when we see something wrong, we try to rectify the wrong. Man ra'ā minku al from amongst you sees a wrong, change it with his hand. Change it with your hand. Fā If he is unable to do that, if it's impossible, or the harm is going to outweigh the good, then change it with your tongue. Fā And if that's not possible. It's not possible even to speak. If the harm is again going to outweigh the good, then at least change it within your heart. But that's the weakest effect of Iman. But it depends on the situation. If it's possible for you to go there and put a stop to the wrong, you should do that. But if you're doing that, it's going to make a bigger fitna, or it's going to create a fight, physical harm, then maybe it's better to abstain speak about it advise the person if you are advising and it's perhaps in a country where you are going to get locked up for advising or you are going to be thrown out or killed at least change it in your heart but that's the weakest effect of Iman lacking was sabr and we invite each other to sabr we invite each other to patience to persevere in light of trials, difficulties, we don't give up, we don't go back to bad habits and so we have sabr. And we maintain sabr, This is a brief commentary or a brief discussion on Surah al-Asr. And many times, as I said, it's, uh, it's an off-recited surah. And the irony is that sometimes we read the surah because it's a short surah. Because it saves us time. So we read Wa'l Asr and we carry on with the Salah. It's a short surah, not realizing that Wa'l Asr, the same surah that we are looking to save time with, is the one that's talking about time. Is the one when Allah actually swears about time, informing us of the importance of time. Yet we using that surah to speed up our Salah or to save us time in our Salah and so forth. Wallahu Musta'an. So as I said, Al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah. The great Imam, he said Had Allah only revealed the surah As a reminder, as an admonishment for the people That would have been sufficient For those who reflect over the surah And you focus on each part of the surah About time, but people who in loss but the exception of the true believers The people who follow and do righteous deeds And the people who invite each other Towards the haq and towards sabr The depth we can go into each part is extensive. And believe it or not, scholars have written voluminous works on tafsir of just the surah. And this is why Imam al-Shahri could say such a thing. That had the surah been alone revealed, as a reminder, it would have been sufficient because of the detail it contains of, of benefit. But it requires us to sit and ponder and reflect and read further and read further and listen to beneficial talks and so forth, so we can actually understand the value of this small chapter of the Quran, but extremely powerful chapter of the Quran. Wallahu <laughs> ala